Hello and welcome to Bangalore Bits. Hey, hey, how are you? Good. Uh, you already started watching Indian New Zealand matches? Yeah, so far. Okay, Looks so like we're going to win. So we're going to basically square the series now today. Right, square the series. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so what are, I think we're going to talk about the uh, the security related. Yeah. So topics. I was just. Uh, yeah. I mean, primarily starting with the recent. Uh, uh, the Wi-Fi attack. I mean, the Wi-Fi vulnerability which was disclosed, yeah. 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 It's called cracks, yeah. Right. Okay. So, okay. so uh, why don't we start with, uh, uh, I mean, the, what are the, what's called crack? Yeah. Crack so, attack. So, I, okay. So, what I was thinking is that basically every year we've been doing this uh, kind of a security and privacy, uh, basically taking a stock of the situation. Like in terms of what are those emerging technologies, what security and privacy issues are uh, coming up in those areas, or uh, is there any vulnerabilities, major vulnerability disclosed uh, on the hardware which is used by consumer space and stuff like that. So, and also we were also looking at like last year also we did this episode where in terms of what various security and privacy tools we've been using and stuff like that. So I was thinking we'll do some episode which is given the background that uh, such a major uh, uh, vulnerability just got disclosed on the Wi-Fi, which is like more or less every one of us are going to you know, use multiple Wi-Fi devices at home, be it phones or routers and stuff like that. So I was thinking that given that kind of background, we start with that and then move ahead into like uh, what that vulnerability and then what various ways we can patch it or what who is supporting to patch it and stuff like that and then move on to other stories and then finally... So, uh, <coughs> Who, who did really find this, actually? Was it like a set of... No, it was a couple of researchers uh, uh, in Europe, uh, basically just... Uh, so, just to give a background, uh, we've been saying this, uh, the cracks is the, basically the disclosure by these uh, researchers on the WPA2 protocol, basically. So, what we've been saying for 10 or 15 years is that uh, as soon as you buy a router, you put a WPA2 protocol, we enable that as your primary, you know, uh, the key exchange mechanism for your devices. We was keep saying that WPA is not that secure and WPA2 is like more secure and stuff like that. So right, yeah. this attack is basically primarily, uh, I mean, it's not an attack, I would say. This finding of this vulnerability in um, this, uh, on the Wi-Fi WPA2 makes it like a little bit more dangerous because, I mean, like it is like in terms of it touches the billions of devices uh, both on the client and the and the and the router and the server side kind of a thing. So, okay. So, uh, so there is no real attack which has happened, right? Or True. Is it, yeah. uh, has somebody already used this vulnerability to attack? Somebody? No, no. There, there are no tools or uh, there is no. I mean, at least there is no identified attack already, which is okay. like basically on this. Yeah. So this is like a, a kind of a researcher who found that WPA has this kind of vulnerability, and they have disclosed that. Now, and uh, so this is like, so this vulnerability is more on the client side than the server side. So, I mean, like when I say server, I just basically just for understanding sake, just call router as a server for the, for you to clearly understand actually. Right. So, uh, basically just the, the, the more this vulnerability needs to be patched on the client, so which is, which is basically makes it a little bit more harder uh, for us to, uh, for us because it is like, if you technically all the mobile phones or uh, like uh, laptops or as well like so which means uh, like say if a wi-fi router uh, you have at home uh -huh. so the wi-fi router itself doesn't have that is it 
Yeah, I mean... Only the connecting devices need to... The client, yeah. So, I think what happens is, this is basically kind of... uh, This vulnerability is basically exposed at the time of handshake more than anything else. So, during... When when a client registers itself uh, uh, with the the Wi-Fi hotspot, and there are like... There are some four-way handshake which happens. At the third step, it basically... There is a vulnerability where... I don't want to get into the details because it's a little difficult... Right, for yeah. listeners to understand in terms of what is four-way handshake and stuff like that. So, we will just go put that, uh, I mean, a link to the in the show notes where this is an interesting white paper presented by them. So, you can just clearly look at it and then see. So, uh, at a high level, if you want to understand, when a client makes a association with the, with the router. Okay. And uh, so, during that point of time, uh, there are certain cases where it fails and then it just nullifies the password. So, Basically, if you have if you have this kind of a tool installed in your Raspberry Pi or in your mobile phone, and you walk into something like an existing like Starbucks or any other common Wi-Fi place where you have many devices connected to a to a router, you will be able to just go ahead and then use this vulnerability and then try to sniff the passwords which are getting exchanged between the router and other devices and stuff like that. So there are. So I think uh, mo- more importantly, if, if it is compromised, uh-huh. um, I think even your other communications, what you're doing from your client, let's say you're accessing, like say a bank account or whatever, it looks like those can also be compromised, right? Yeah, I mean, if the if the, if the if the bank does not implement SSH and TLS and stuff like that, so then you are under right. vulnerability. Otherwise, if you have SSL and VPN yeah, uh, okay. enabled in your your completely, so uh, looks like I think it's primarily. Affecting Android devices. Right. Um, I, is a, Apple, I mean, iPhones not vulnerable? <laughs> okay, so there is an interesting story there. I mean, like, uh, both Apple and Microsoft, I think the way they understand this W2A protocol was slightly different. So they have implemented the implementation of W2A protocol on the client between the Windows and the Apple devices was slightly different. So that implementation is somehow. Uh, somehow it is not vulnerable to this particular attack, basically. Right. So, but still, uh, I think uh, Apple has already patched it, and then Microsoft has already released a patch and stuff like that for the Windows. Uh, so, I mean, they are really on top of it. I think there are some edge cases wherein uh, they 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 have looked at it and then they are trying to patch and stuff like that. So, but on the on the whole, uh, somehow uh, I think the imp- implementation. I, I don't know whether you can call it as a wrong implementation or something like, I would say probably, because it's just a standard specification, I mean, different vendors can implement it in different way, right? It's just a protocol, basically, so. Uh, but Apple seems to have actually provided a patch, correct? Yes, they have provided because they, they have, so there are certain other cases wherein, so the, based on this, vulner, what disclosed vulnerability, still Apple devices, iOS and uh, Apple devices are protected. Right. But there are some edge cases which they wanted to make sure that it doesn't uh, it doesn't get away and then they want to cover it. So they have still go, went ahead and right, patched okay. it. Uh, but also looks like I think majority of the router companies haven't done anything except uh, Netgear. Uh, yeah. Who has like partially patched some of its router products. Yeah, I think the open source ones are pretty aggressive in doing it. DDWRT and other firmware guys are doing it aggressively. So I have an Azus router and I think, uh, um, I mean, I have not got any update 
Right, right. Yeah. So more than router, I think you are like need to make sure that if you are running an Android device, you update the client first. Actually, okay. I mean because I don't, I don't remember even uh, I have an S8 also. I don't remember S8 pushing anything. Yeah, I, th- I don't think they have. Anything. Yeah, they have not yet released anything actually. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I think people are taking it lightly. Is it like <laughs> because there's no attack happen? Looks like. Yeah, I mean yeah. one is that, and the second thing is basically this cannot be done via internet or something. You need to have a physical access to that location yeah. to basically. So it is, it is most vulnerable, especially in a in a like say an open Wi-Fi network, right? Yeah, it's an open Wi-Fi or like in a if in a common public space yeah, right, or yeah. or if somebody is doing a war driving. Uh, they just take a affected device and then run through different areas and then even then they need to have one kind of password to try to get in and so it's slightly it is uh, it is not that open basically but at the same time i mean this kind of vulnerability coming on the client what makes it little bit more dangerous is that basically the amount of devices we have right, got yeah. like which is what just like if you just consider that i mean the amount of mobile phones laptops iot devices security cameras or like medical devices automotive devices this is a client vulnerability on wifi is just something phenomenal because the but the range of devices they cover it's just pretty phenomenal so even single vulnerability there which just exposes billions of devices on one shot to that vulnerability right, yeah. okay yeah i think that that's why i think these researchers are saying it could be even uh, taking like say in 10 20 years absolutely yeah because i mean and, and i think some of them may not even patch also right yeah it's true. unless there is some serious hack happens yeah. uh, i don't think these companies really bother to let's say the companies may still do it but i the problem would be the end users uh, the i don't think there are many of them even patch their routers and stuff like that I nobody looks at routers right i mean nobody logs into the admin of the router yeah uh, so that's one it, of those yeah. habits people need to have every year like they patch the machines they have to patch their routers basically yeah. So, I think the key is like these routers uh, needs to do an, an auto uh, update sort of scenario, right? Right, right. Yeah. At least uh, some sort of a schedule mechanism they should have, mm-hmm. so it can automatically let's say update itself during midnight or late yeah. in the night or something like that. Actually. Yeah, I mean the the newer models like Euro and other companies which are they're coming and yeah. they're they're basically enabling a cloud based infrastructure so they'll be able to push mm-hmm. these kind of patches out and stuff like that. So but uh, I mean the kind of cost if you look at Euro it that will cost you about $300 for a router right, yeah. I mean like but still it gives you a mesh of multiple devices and stuff like that but still I mean that uh, that's what no we've been seeing this right security and privacy is becoming a luxury so if you are having a lot of Right. <laughs> If you have a lot of money and then you are you are you can afford uh, a much more higher I mean money which you can afford and the most sophisticated devices you are more secure and then wherein if you are not then you are becoming much more vulnerable as we see that. Okay. So anything more on this? So I will link the the yeah, research think, paper yeah. which is there and as well uh, there is a there is a tracker which is managed by many companies which is basically like which are the vendors releasing patches and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you can just go about it but uh, the important thing would be something like would be uh, make sure that every devices in your home which are client devices especially the laptops mobile phones security cameras or uh, iot devices whatever you have in home make sure that they are patched for this uh, moving forward yeah right okay yeah i think the key is like if you uh, if you f- i mean have time just log in into your router 
Yeah. And uh, see, even if it may not be this, but at least if there is yeah, any other like updates. Every just, year, I think it should be having an, uh, like, uh, like how you update your software and uh, mobile right, phones. Yeah. Like every year, once or twice, you need to make sure that you are running on a latest firmware. Right. Uh, yeah. Or you have or well patched with your routers and IoT devices at home. So as we are adding more IoT devices at home, it needs to come as a like a kind of a practice for us like uh, however we take care of our mobile mobility devices or laptops we need to take care of those iot devices as well but the other challenge here would be something like you have several hardware which are like not even supported by vendors they are all dead out in the sitting right yeah so those are the things which makes this point this kind of I mean, um, especially the uh, isp guys who provide the routers yeah the, the i mean free the, ones right the routers as well look at all amount of iot devices i mean there are yeah. so many vendors who are out of the market correct yeah. and those security cameras are sitting and doing it and there is no way people can patch them they are not going to get the firmware for those and stuff like that so that makes it like the camera might be perfectly working and then uh, uh, it might be doing what it is doing but it could be right. part of some kind of uh, it, it could get but the problem is something like all this kind of an orphan devices which are like getting out there even many of the android manufacturers are not patching Uh, the older phones yeah older phones and stuff like that. so google is trying to kind of fix it with the with they are trying to get into this mode and then try to see how they can push the patches like critical patches and stuff like that but till now if you look at it uh, the, till that becomes a real practice and stuff like that uh, there are quite a bit of orphan devices out there uh, which is there so if you have when a device make sure you patch this because most of the devices which are there in the market today will be using wpa2 protocol i mean like that is the last 15 years or something we have been standardized on that yeah to connect the router and the uh, router and the client so i think more or less everybody even you buy out of the box you don't know what it is you would have just plugged in the router and you're connected automatically with this protocol as a default and stuff it's like kind that. of sad actually so for this yeah. attack actually so anyway <laughs> no i it, i in a way i look at this as a positive variant because it just gives a sends out a message wherein uh, just taking care of your devices is becomes much more yeah, right. important thing now actually okay uh, continuing in that i think is uh, we're going to talk about uh, the augmented reality thing right yeah, yeah so i yeah so what i was thinking is that like the if we look at 2017 uh, there are like in this area when you look at like in terms of security and privacy there are two uh, other major innovations coming in one is the ar vr and the iot is the like iot is a continuation but we are adding more devices but ar vr is another area where uh, this is like kind of we are getting into a nascent and then getting into it and then like so we are not thinking about security and privacy there so yeah now i think it is essentially i think it is pretty new also right true uh, yeah the whole ar and vr scenario i mean unless uh, uh, apple does i mean it, they have introduced but i think there are a lot of uh, interesting apps needs to come and there are uh, i have not really seen some interesting no i mean like viral application where everyone's going to use it yeah, it's, but it's uh, sort it's it, at this stage it looks like sort of a toy actually right? yes sir true but what we are looking at here is that say like for example if you are looking at a mobile apps you are disclosing yeah. your location yeah, you are yeah, disclosing yeah. your wifi access points and stuff like that so in when it comes to ar what happens is that you are disclosing your your image recognition you're disclosing your home you're disclosing your uh, right, your yeah. so you are giving lot more data about yourself 
to these companies uh, when you are when you are having some kind of an application which can recognize people with the help of image recognition and stuff like that so what we are doing here is that uh, we are disclosing a lot more data we are going to voluntarily we are giving this data to uh, these companies basically either apple or microsoft or anybody who are coming out with this ar vr platforms so there isn't no uh, policy or guidelines in terms of uh, thinking in this area in terms of like say what happens when you are wearing a vr glass if there is some kind of an attack happens and then uh, instead of you're seeing you're seeing some you you're seeing actually you're seeing person x but you are projected with y or something like that so those are the things which are like the kind of a thought process which is going in in terms of how do we basically though this platform is going to go live now say we we have seen some of those example demos like in terms of how do you go about measuring your room size and then you start decorating them automatically and stuff like that so these are kind of very cool demos we have seen so you, what in this process we are doing is that we are just kind of disclosing about ourselves a lot more actually yeah so we are giving our own personal space we are giving our home ma maps we are giving our own imagery we are giving our people whom we are interacting with and stuff right. like that so so the security and privacy needs to be you no know, lot more tighter and lot more broader policies needs to be in place in terms of uh, what data from these platform providers can go to the vendors and then or the third party vendors or something like that or an application developer can have what kind of a control on this and stuff like that so absolutely at this area there isn't much uh, happening right now but this is going to be one of those very a uh, big thing for next year and next or coming years but uh, as something. long as it's integrated with your smartphone like what apple is trying to do uh -huh. it is sort of covered in the overall in the operating system level security itself right it may be a sort of an issue for this ar based uh, i mean headsets right 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 yeah they are probably much more vulnerable because they may have a different sort of a firmware sitting on it yeah more than vulnerable it is something like we need to have some kind of a like a privacy and security policy from the vendor uh, and i think privacy uh, overall i don't think it may be an issue with vr i don't know but uh, with ar with the augmented stuff coming in i think privacy be will become an issue correct yeah, especially uh, i mean when I, we remember when google glass launch it yeah. became such a big issue right right, right yeah uh, i mean ar also could be that yeah i mean i can just be pointing my phone at you and saying yeah. okay i'm doing some ar app yeah but maybe i'm doing something non internally yeah right so so that's what we were saying like so when we say when the app developer are collecting certain amount of data from the user and the platform needs to have an ability mm -hmm. to tell the user upfront saying that no you're disclosing your image you are also i think the uh, kind of uh, rogue ads coming in your overall ar view itself right. is another issue i think yes exactly yeah that's another big uh, problem and you are looking at something like how can we simulate certain amount of uh, virtual objects with the physical objects i mean with the physical objects and stuff like so it could be easily possible that there could be a dev who uh, dev maliciously can basically you know uh, hide something which is physically right. there and then show something else and then you can get into an accident or something like Yeah, especially it's a problem with this kind of addictive games like uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, so uh, it, there, there needs to be. Where you walk around with that. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there needs to be some kind of a platform level guidance, and then right. the the third party needs to understand what how they get de-anonymized data and stuff like that. So this is one area where what we can look out for next year mm -hmm. as these 
proliferation of these devices and these apps start coming in your mobile right, phones yeah. like this could be one area where just like next big uh, a big i mean this is one area where you would probably easier for you to get compromised on security and privacy actually right yeah. so that needs to be something like like how we were like uh, iterating about this couple of years back in terms of the location will be a big uh, problem and we have seen this kind of uber getting into trouble or apple getting into i mean collecting security access points and stuff like that. so we have seen all these kind of uh, uh, the problems that were emerging based on the location data and stuff like that so this could be one area like if you are looking at next year and next to next year this could be one area where uh the, the 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 platform providers need to tighten the security in terms of what they're de-anonymizing and anonymizing and what they exchange between third party and themselves and stuff like that right though it's still very early days for ar i think this yeah but it's very early days but i think we are in the cusp of it like like next year i think it's going to be much uh, larger actually and i think the key is like how well this actually adopt is adopted right i mean yeah i i i mean i see uh, maybe in a 3 years most of the apps 10 to 15% right. of the primary bigger apps will i mean the are ar support will are ar support yeah okay and uh, i mean ar vr and voice would be in a combination of uh, three things which will which will be very easy to compromise your security and privacy like in right. no time yeah and i think these three will be part of most of the apps in couple of years time frame yeah right okay So, uh, what is this uh, new IoT troop partner, uh, which is okay? So, on, yeah. So, what we were seeing here is that. So, another area what we are seeing is that we are seeing this last about four five years we are seeing this kind of a uh, lot of IoT devices getting added into our ecosystem, which is which is like there are some enterprises using specific IoT devices for their purposes. Consumers are adopting IoT devices and stuff like that. So, what is happening right now is that if you remember, like some. Five six years back, uh, there are so many unpatched XPs were out there. Uh, all these kind of bot networks which are there, which were trying to recruit all these unpatched operating systems, and then to which basically just kind of build a database of these machines, which can basically triggered to do a DDoS attack on somebody else. I mean, like, right. So what they're trying to do now here is that uh, they're trying to build that kind of a database of IoT devices which are not patched. which has got a default password as mm. their passwords and stuff like that so the this kind of yeah, the, when you use that as a bot yeah as a bot network to do a ddos basically okay so you might be seeing that there is a innocent security camera in your premises but yeah, that maybe. might be doing a ddos in, <laughs> into something else <laughs> you wouldn't and even know that that's sort of funny that this that, that there's innocent security camera is ddosing apple.com or something else <laughs> so, so that's the kind of situation we are moving in so again so these can come because like the people are not aware that they need to change the default passwords and some of the vendors are shipping iot devices without even having passwords for their access points and stuff like that so Mm. and I, i think many of these guys also don't force you to change the password exactly, right? especially yeah. the routers i have seen yeah. they print the default password in the back of the packet right, yeah. package 
and then i mean they don't force you to change actually imagine very, very, if very router is that that scenario if you are buying an end iot devices they are not even going to tell you you have such access actually right yeah so they'll just going to sell the device to you and it is going to run pretty much on the primary username and passwords and uh, or it is not going to be patched ever basically and yeah. once these guys build this kind of database and this will be like because as i think they are drying up with this unpatched software oss anymore actually because i think both android ios as well the desktop operating systems have kind of matured a little bit on this area wherein they either auto update or mm. people also have this kind of awareness now they're 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 trying to make sure that this their operating system is updated and stuff like that but these ios devices are kind of completely orphan so the, the this is going to be like we we remember if you remember last year there was something like a very uh, similar thing happened there was something called a mirai which is yeah, right. which is on mirai which is like again on the similar so we have not seen this uh, uh, this bot network attacking or ddosing anyone yet uh, but what is happening right now is that there is a recruitment of all this uh, orphan iot devices are happening as by this bot network actually right so when you see i mean these kind of devices could be owned by public private government it could be like uh, uh, it could it's, be like it's sort of a pretty nice way they put this in this article right they are recruiting a global army yeah it is actually <laughs> just just imagine there is a small security camera in your premises you don't even know it is it is involved it's in like one super bot kind of going and recruiting all this small yeah, army that, that's exactly how it is happening actually so there is a small uh, firmware push is happening which is basically recruiting and creating a fingerprint of these devices and then there is from a centralized location that can basically manage all this like orphan iot devices which they can add there at their like a wimp they can basically just start creating ddos on anything actually and doing a ddos is like you don't need much powerful hardware and Correct. stuff like that. just have to play around with the packets and stuff like that so it is like it's a really interesting um recruitment was just like basically going on around this area it's going to be nice like say congratulations your security camera is part of a ddos attack network <laughs> and just imagine if you have a big apartment complex there will be like hundreds of security yeah, cameras yeah, yeah, yeah. and i don't think anyone even patching yeah I, i don't think uh, they are even sold by folks who probably don't understand don't even care about the security yeah. related implications right true yeah. for them as long as long it works video comes and then you see yeah. in a computer monitor their job is done, done. they yeah. don't care about okay yeah. do i do a like a regular update of software right. i mean and most of this in large apartment complexes mm. they are pretty much run by the security guys correct yeah, the facility manager no idea yeah. what software it's running on yes what it's doing nothing actually true so i mean so that is why it just just makes it much more vulnerable actually yeah and uh, so once this kind of uh, this big database which just basically create and the global army is ready because <laughs> right now if you look at it if you have 100 bucks you can buy one week of ddos actually mm. and if you have like about say 1000 you can buy about really difficult to stop them also right because Absolutely. once they start it's yeah. like it'll be like global attack right? yes exactly all over the world small small yeah. devices will <laughs> yeah, start eating it <laughs> and uh, i mean they can start and stop at a particular time and i, I think the signature itself will be quite complex for any yeah i mean anything to detect also it, it detect or like in terms of stop the flood gating everything actually because 
I mean, if it is an operating system, there is a quite a right. bit of a fixed number on them. And these IoT devices are billions of devices. I mean, like, they, they, they could be like, they can, uh, as we move it'll be, ahead. It will be really interesting on fridge, you'll be attacking on ca- <laughs> camera. <laughs> yeah, true. But, but you, at, uh, when you look at the fridge at your home, you don't know that is part of a DDoS attack. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's working hard, actually. <laughs> it is working hard as part of a bot network to attack working somebody. Working trying to bring Apple.com <laughs> So, So, this is another area where I think, I mean, like, uh, uh, it's going to be a big uh, security and prime... I mean, focus... I think, as a general practice, it is definitely, I mean, your stuff at home, whatever devices you have. Whatever electronic devices electronic you have, device which you can have. be patched, basically. Patching is one. Also... Uh, Hardening uh, it. Uh, as much as possible, don't put them on the public internet, correct? Right, yeah. They should be probably behind, uh, like, say, multiple levels of firewall. Firewall, yeah. Uh, maybe your uh, ISP provides one, and then on top of it, you can have your own router-based firewall. Yes. And don't expose them directly outside. I yeah, think, right. Know. So, they, they shouldn't be IP configurable or... Uh, no, but, uh, but that we can say, but looks like most of these small devices come with that sort of feature. Right? They directly register themselves onto, onto the internet, correct? Yeah, correct. But that is where even the vendors need to change the practice, actually. So, yeah. they need to look something like... Uh, I mean, the again, we have to go back to the same point of earlier, right? So, if you are buying a sophisticated device... The vendors are taking care in terms of enabling this private and public key infrastructure and stuff like that. So they are making sure that certificates are installed properly and then the communication between server and client happens more securely and stuff like that. But the problem, what happens is that when you are buying something by a low-cost IoT device, Right, yeah. and the and the vendor goes off somewhere and he doesn't bother. That's to actually update. a scenario in India, especially yeah. in the uh, monitoring space. Uh, with all these uh, security cameras, right? Yeah. yeah. They're all uh, done by, like, say, some unknown guys, actually. True. I mean, yeah. and they're pretty cheap ones. They, yeah, they don't They don't focus on the software year-on-year year patching yeah, it nothing. or something like that. They move on to a newer model or something right. like that. So, they just leave them as orphan devices right. and stuff like that. So, that's why I was saying... And I think most of them don't even sell any subscription-based, uh, like, say, service models or anything, right? Right. They right. just, like, say, it's like a one-time sale. Like, say, I sold, like, 100 cameras, done deal. Yes, yeah, and and the small business owner who buys that, they for also him, don't know. yeah, they don't know. For him, it's as long as he's able to see the security camera working, he's not going to bother yeah, right, about yeah. updating it. And uh, I don't think he will not be even aware that his device right. is part of the some bot network and it is <laughs> DDoSing something. So that's a very dangerous situation. We are moving in that direction. Right. So, I think, uh, <coughs> moving on, I think Google is trying to do something here. Uh, yeah. So, they have released a new program called the Advanced Protection Program. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Essentially, it is trying to make your Google services much more secure. Right, yeah. Um, and especially uh, now with, I mean, Android penetration in India, Google services are pretty much there everywhere. True, right? yeah. Uh, either be it's your email or maps or... Any of those. I mean, it's like our country's heartbeat is running. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, So, what they're essentially doing is they're uh, offering, like, say, this uh, physical security uh, keys. Fabs, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, YubiKey or similar products. Yeah. Which basically adds an additional layer of protection. Right. And they have integrated that into uh, the standard security uh, settings of the Google services. Right, right, yeah. 
So how does this help actually? So I so, mean, okay. And, so if you uh, have uh, Google, uh, if you have these devices, are they sold in India? I don't know actually. Uh, one when I looked at their site, uh-huh. the link is all taking you to Amazon uh, US site. Yeah. So I think there are two things are there in this. Uh, one is you have to buy two physical devices. One for right. your mobile phone to work, which is works with the Bluetooth LE, and the other one is the physical hardware key which you can right. put it in your USB in your laptop and stuff like that so what they essentially trying to do is that they had this two factor authentication which is like after you give your user id and password there is an another prompt which comes wherein which a randomly generated number based mm-hmm. on the google authenticator app or something like that. so what they have found out is that over doing a research there are possibility that either the code which is sent by the server can be attacked with the man in the middle or the google authenticator app or something like that which generates right. uh, which generates a token which is like on the client and stuff like that so what they figured out is there are some ex- there are possibilities that man in the middle attack can just basically hijack these basically so what they have come out with doing now is that they they're basically coming out especially this is helpful for people who work on like like kind of in you know, high secure environments like which is like journalists who are like probing some kind of a, uh story against the government or something mm-hmm. or something like that. so what this essentially does is that it gives you an a physical key for accessing your google services basically and i think it is more important now i think with uh, more many corporates are also moving into a cloud based email service right, right uh, yeah. i don't think uh, big corporates are no longer running their own uh, like say email servers within the corporate network true most yeah. of them are moving into either it's like your office 365 or microsoft provides yes. or, or google apps right uh, or the amazon services yeah so, i think or there are third party encrypted right. yeah. mail services which are there yeah so yeah i think uh, i i have looked at this ubikey sometime back okay um, and uh, i mean i kind of surprised that why banks are not offering i remember HSBC used to offer it many yes. years back yeah, right, uh, right. like this sort of physical uh, device yeah right. they, they were giving an RSA device right. yes uh, which is what you use as a second factor right but now i think most banks have gone into this sort of uh, email or sms based uh, second factor right correct uh, many banks are doing that i mean sm i don't know how, i don't know whether that's secure right? yeah i mean it, if man it is vulnerable to man in the middle attack so that's what we've yeah. been saying that uh, even sms is not that secure basically that is also vulnerable to man in the middle attack so right. that's one of the reasons why google is moving in this direction where you buy these physical devices uh, which are like uh, th- there is no uh there is there is no communication of exchanging the tokens between server and right, the client yeah. it just happens in the physically in the client itself actually so so that's the google advanced production program uh, but uh, i mean like if you are not buying these devices what you can do today is that you can enable two two factor authentication to many of the services which are like implementing either uh, which are like based on uh, the google app authenticator which is like based on the top or hop or algorithms so what you can still do is that if you if you if you are not getting into in terms of buying the security keys physical security is still problem for you you can still what you can do is you can just opt in for this kind of a solution uh, i would suggest that everybody enable the two factor authentication for all the services which are already uh, up and running so there are like about 16 services which are like i have enabled the two factor as of today like which are like primarily in terms of if you look at it most of your google uh, google services facebook or like your dropbox or you are using your amazon email or all this most of these services are already two factor enabled actually 
So right. what happens in the two, when you enable two factors that basically you uh, after you put in your password, uh, either you will be getting a second factor via SMS or by an application which you install in your mobile right, phone yeah. or like Apple automatically pushes out in the device or Chrome has its own mechanism to generate the token in the Chrome browser itself and stuff like that. So, so what I would but say I is... I think most of the banks are uh, kind of resorting to this... Uh, um, SMS yeah. based. And I don't know if all banks support... Uh, I remember some banks also uh, do, actually they print a sort of a grid on back of your debit card Aye. and that they use as your second factor, right? No, but I mean like uh, we shouldn't be looking at that, tying it up to the financial thing actually. So essentially important that banks and other things are enabling multi-factor authentication. But beyond that, all the web services which we are using, like be it email, right, social right, networks yeah. or everything, we should make sure it is. It is actually at some, at some time I think it is I mean, the whole security thing is, again, convenience, right? Uh, True. I mean, I mean you but have to a, sacrifice some level of convenience. But it is actually, it is, now it is in a, in a, in a shape where uh, it is extremely convenient right now to set it up, actually. Hmm. So, what I will do is that you have something like uh, lock down your login.org, which I will again share it in the show notes. Uh, if you just go to their website, you that just... That gives you those best practices. Right? One is the best practice and also it just you select a service, it just gives you step-by-step step in terms of how do you go, where to go and set it up right. and stuff like that. So, I think most of the, like you said, it is key for financial vendors or the financial uh, uh, service providers needs to be enabled with multi-factor. Right. Beyond that, Whatever web services you are using, be it if you are buying something in Amazon or your your email or your social networks, always enable 2FN actually. It is very, very, very important and it leaves you a second layer and it just takes one more additional step as soon as you log in actually. There is nothing else actually. There is no other problem at all actually. So if you look at, I have like about 16 services which I have enabled. When you change the device, there is a little bit of Workaround, you have to remember how do you take this, uh, how do you basically just go about taking care of setting it up again in your new devices. That's the only step which you need to remember basically. Other than that, most of the services you log in, it generates a QR code. You use Google Authenticator or a Dashline or any of those applications which uses those standard algorithms to tokenize them. It's just install, scan them, and then it, you're good to go. As soon as you put in your password, uh, though you have your passwords stored in the password managers, they are high protect, I mean, they are like lengthy and they are like uh, your combination of capital letters or multiple characters or like uh, special characters and everything. On top, you are adding a second layer security. No, and also, I think uh, this uh, password managers itself, uh, the adoption in India seems to be pretty less. Yes, uh, I mean, so, they, uh, I mean people, that is the first practice we need yeah, to... People think, yeah. I think it is a sort of a convenience for them to save the passwords. And uh, don't repeat the passwords. Yeah, and, and I like think, that. but most of them I have at least spoken to think, ah, why do I need, right? I mean, I know the password. Uh, it is probably the same thing they are using it in all the services. Absolutely, yeah. Or maybe they have written it somewhere. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a really bad practice, correct? True, yeah. So... We are talking about somebody who is already good with, like, uh, no. 
who's adopting in password managers uh, we are taking say go ahead and move to the next level put a 2fn and the third level would be something like you can go for on a physical device and stuff like that so but at least if you have like come to have a good password management practice then go and enable 2fn right. i mean 2fa without even thinking twice i mean like that's what uh, right so uh, that that leads us to the last topic uh, what you want to cover is essentially all these best practices what uh, yeah, you, right. you spoke about right, right, right. Uh, either it could be like uh, picking like say uh, a safe browser yeah uh, right, right. like say what mozilla is trying to do uh, or uh, some of the other newer browsers which are coming like this epic privacy right. browser uh, how they are embedding like a sort of a vpn inbuilt into the right. browser itself so yeah, I mean the, even your isp doesn't know all about all your browsing habits right right, right yeah um, it could be uh, probably very use i mean people always say that, yeah i have nothing to hide but then mm. yeah, until your data leaks out you can talk like that now in in don't even have to go till that basically just you have to uh, imagine the kind of say for example tomorrow if you don't know what you are say you're going ahead and searching something in google and the google is basically looking at all the different data points coming in from different data leaks you are doing around your browsing habits or the tools and services you are using in and he just basically stitches the search output for you and uh, that that is already happening yeah so uh, and google does it uh, to a large extent today actually. sir correct so if you have this kind of scenario how do you give or how do you basically stop giving more signals about you basically so that is like if you are doing that then your search results are not going to be the same as other person so so that is why i'm saying it one is like going beyond that in terms of like okay no i have nothing to hide is last resort but you are also losing certain other things actually because you are getting into basically kind of seasoned into somebody else's algorithmic right outputs basically the in terms of what advertisements you see what research results you are getting in or like in terms of what news feeds you read in and stuff like that. so they just you kind of get manipulated by all the data know, leaks you are doing on the search yeah. topic you are a big user of uh, the duckduckgo so yeah right. duckduckgo and uh, searchx or like there is another one which is coming in and the reason start page is another one which is these are very extremely good services you can alternatively use for google right. actually and so just want to go back to the browser choices which you think so epic like is one browser which we you talked about and the other one is a brave is another browser you can take a look at it like i'm i mean like i'm a big firefox user uh, but uh, but firefox takes a little bit of additional work in terms of you need to add certain add-ons and the configurations which you need to do to take care of the privacy to really harden the browser but if you are like you want to just download the browser and this by out of the box if you want it to be safe and secure to large extent mm. which can block the trackers which can block the ads uh, unnecessary third party tracking cookies and stuff like that which you can these two browsers which are like out of the box they do it right. uh, brave has a catch which is like basically it blocks the ads it has got an uh, another business model wherein they are trying to set up an ad disp- uh, ad ad network basically wherein they block the ad by the pro- content producer and they will put replace it with their own ad and stuff is, like is that. that legal actually um i have not seen them executing this model i have been using brave for more than 7 8 months on mobile i have not oh, okay. seen in a single ad from them yet 
or it is right now it is probably it is in the business model they have not put it out yet i don't know actually uh, but it, uh, be careful when you are see i mean using brave in, if you are like really seeing in a replaced ad or like uh, mm. so you stop using brave and go to something else or something like that so i but at this point of time uh, that is doing very good job out of the box actually it just drops all the trackers and ads which are coming in but uh, some of these news sites uh, have started to detect this and they actually block you from reading it right i have seen many sites doing it right so so which means you are kind of losing out on the content side correct so but what i would suggest is say something like a very open like say something like if you have a chrome in your machine keep that as for i have a multiple browser environment in your in your workflow if you are browsing normally uh, when you are like you are reading articles or going to social network or something use some of these browsers which are like basically hardened basically it doesn't leak much of the data and if somebody is enforcing you to not to have this kind of uh, uh, either like a higher privacy hardened techniques then use an another browser which use only for that service which just basically not very hardened basically right still it prevents you a lot of data leaks actually okay so i would say if you if you are looking at something epic browser is only mac and windows it doesn't have a linux so um, so that is a catch there and brave is a multi uh, platform it has got uh, both linux mac windows ios android and everything so and it also has this kind of a passphrase uh, configuration so one one platform you configure the settings just i mean just move into all other platforms automatically so it's very convenient but uh, i mean like if you have enough time and stuff like that i would suggest uh, you install firefox harden it to a greatest extent because that kind of gives you a phenomenal amount of configuration and hardening the security whatever you want to do there uh, but, <clears throat> but only catches <coughs> catches right. that uh, some of the add-ons leak basically so yeah yeah right. you need to yeah. be very careful in terms of what add-ons you are installing because add-ons have access to all the browsing data the sites which you visit or the data you exchange between the site and the and the user it has got access to everything so that something which you need to be really on top of it well, i i i think ad blockers <laughs> i have not installed anything but <laughs> even without that I, some of the sites are kind of detecting and saying your browser is blocking ads and they wouldn't allow you to read an article which you really want to read right, right. okay so that, at, at that point it kind of irritates me and i think um, some of the sites i am talking about they are like well known sites they are not <laughs> this phony sites Oh, yeah. uh, they are like well established news journals across the world yeah but i think and i really don't care uh, like say about they showing an ad to me because yes. as long as the content is good and and they are offering the content for free i feel they should have some way of monetizing right? yeah no I mean, so i think that is where we have to differ so when you are installing an ad blocker make sure that you whitelist this so i have right, whitelisted yeah. wsj r so which is the ad blocker you use so i'm using ublock origin yeah so and Prime, in uh, in uh, i mean that's a firefox extension. firefox one, yeah okay. i think it has got a chrome version also so okay. i i don't know actually so yeah that's something i got to try so but, i have yeah. put all the addons link uh, and everything in the show notes uh, so i mean the primarily if you look at it https everywhere is something which i use and privacy badger and there are some se- specific settings like how do you disable web rtc and stuff like that so we will put those links so right. on the show notes so if you have uh, time to basically take care of uh, using uh, those uh, you can 
uh, I I would for me I highly recommend Firefox because it gives you good amount of customization. Mm. Uh, but uh, if you are like not into all that, I would suggest you either install Epic or Brave or something like a Tar bundle which is comes in, which is even more secure because it does automatically. Do a multi-layer yeah, I think the links proxy, are uh, pretty pretty good actually. At, at least if you are, I know, uh, I mean, if you have time, I mean, taking time and doing this is a big hindrance, I see. Yeah, but uh, it is just once in a year you have to yeah. do it. And I have not seen these tools uh, changing drastically. The, the Some of these uh, tools which I've been using for last more than five, six years, you just basically incrementally update them actually, yeah. which is also happens automatically. I think the, the worst background. sort of ads which kind of annoys me is this ads from uh, like all these e-commerce sites, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moment you search something on their site, like whether it's Amazon or Flipkart, yes. their ads keep showing everywhere. Yeah, you, I, 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 I don't even have, I don't even have that experience at all actually. So, okay. uh, so I would say like you enable private, I mean private browsing every time automatically whenever you start the browser. And you keep sure to install these add-ons, which are just coming in mm. up from. So it's just kind of once set up, once you have to do it, uh, then it just becomes your, right. uh, then it becomes your habit. And at the same time, have another browser, which is like completely not locked down. Right. So any site, which is just not allowing you to move forward, there are certain government sites, which are just, no, you, you, you won't believe it. There are certain JavaScripts, which are coming in from CDN. And uh, those JavaScripts can also track your browsing behavior, actually. Right. Mm. So, which has nothing to do with the government site. I mean, like, if the, the, the government sites will be using a menu coming in from a CDN, and the <laughs> CDN provider is just tracking your browsing behavior, actually. Right. So, it's just completely like... So, it's like, without knowing, we are leaking data everywhere. Right? Yeah. So, you're not only leaking data, you're just kind of giving signals about you more, right. Right. and all the other services getting stitched around these signals, basically. Right. Yeah. So, uh, private ha not having something to hide is the primary thing, and then all the other benefits you will right. also. Yeah. So, so we'll go ahead put all this link and yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. I think we pretty much covered, I guess. So, uh, anything else you wanted to? Uh, that's all. I mean, the uh, the there are other search alternatives apart from Google. You can think about trying using is DuckDuckGo, SearchX, and StartPage. All okay. three are like extremely good. Uh, I mean, their uh, search results are as good as Google. See, the, if you uh, if you have a doubt, such doubt, I would say you put an exclamation mark and say GUS, and then you ask the question. The 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 search for you is done by DuckDuckGo, not as you, but as DuckDuckGo hmm. against Google, basically. So still, uh, you are giving less amount of signals about you to Google, basically. So. But they are all using internally Google APIs only. Right? No, uh, I mean like such DuckDuckGo has their their own. They they basically take data from like Yahoo and they have their own homegrown oh, open yeah. source based okay. uh, indexing mechanism and stuff like that. And on top, if when you don't get this kind of enough answers, what you are looking for, you still go ahead and search within DuckDuckGo. You ask go to search in Google basically right but within go you can do that actually so what you're saying is that Google knows that query is coming from go not as from you actually so okay so that is still uh, searchx is another one uh, which is an open source based one and start page is in a European based company which primarily I think if I'm not wrong it uses a Google thing mm -hmm. but uh, Google doesn't know that is coming in from you it knows it coming in from search actually mm -hmm. I mean start page basically. Okay, I think pretty interesting. So we'll put those links. So um, 
I feel they are extremely useful. At least you can start adopting some of them. Yeah, right. Uh, make the first start. Uh, yeah. Especially, I think, with all the attacks coming in, um, it won't hurt to really do some of these things, especially the two-factor authentication is probably should be high on your list. Absolutely. I mean, uh, so using this, uh, if like you're a not password using, manager, yeah. uh, I mean, to choose unique passwords for the different sites. Absolutely. Those are some things which you can definitely start before getting into more advanced things like True. Yeah. I mean, privacy browsing and all those things, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's about it, I guess. It, so so yeah. uh, we'll talk next week. All right. Bye-bye.